Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so let's look at these three things, okay? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, okay? Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, 8 through 9, it says this, but Christ, but Christ, we just end there, but Christ, he's good. Prove God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Verse 9. There's so much more to say about his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard this powerful declaration. You are now righteous in my sight. And now, I need you to understand that. If God doesn't declare us righteous, we have no hope. There's zero hope. There's zero hope of eternity, okay? Good people, I, I hate to say this, okay? Good people don't go to heaven, okay? Righteous people go to heaven. Who's the one that makes us righteous? Jesus Christ makes us righteous, okay? He's the one. He's the one that makes us righteous, okay? And now this is the best part, okay? And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, not because of you, not because of your good deeds, not because of something you've done, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never, I want you to see that word, You will never, ever, not even if you think God is so frustrated with you. How many of you have had moments you're like, man, I know God is really angry at me today, okay? It's just human thoughts. Because it says this. You'll never experience the wrath of God. Isn't that good news today? Okay, you'll never So because of the cross of Jesus, this is this part, okay? Let's go to this next part. Return, return. Because of the cross of Jesus, we return, okay? So Luke chapter 15, verse 20, okay? This is the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son says, hey, give me all my money. Give me all my wealth. Give me my inheritance. He leaves home. He runs off. He does whatever he wants. He spends all of his money. He gets into all kinds of trouble. He loses all of his money. He ends up finding himself, you know, eating with pigs. I don't know about you, but that's not my, you know, perspective of my future, okay? And so, He comes to a place where the Bible says that he came to his senses, okay? He came to his senses, and he does what? He decides, I'm going to return, okay? So verse 20, so the young son set off for home, okay? Far uh, from a long distance away, his father saw him coming. I remember um, I was probably in... Uh, a junior. So this was like 1996, 97, okay? Anybody rocking with me, 96, 97? Some of you are like, I was born in 97, okay? <laughs> and um, and um, for some reason, I, I don't know, I don't know, I was just some weird kid, just honestly, weird kid. I was like obsessed with the old 80s hair band called Poison, okay? Anybody <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Like, I loved me some Poison, Okay. And they were having this, like, reunion concert. And I I remember seeing the commercial on TV, and I was like, I'm going to that. 
And my family was like, you are not going to that, okay? That is not where you're going. And I was like, no, I, I'm going to that. I, I don't care if I have to sell everything I own. I'm, I'm going to the Poison concert, okay? So I ended up, like, buying tickets behind my parents' back, ended up going to the concert, okay? And I, I'll never forget this. I walk into the house because I was just like, I know I'm in trouble. I don't care that I'm in trouble. I don't care what time I get home. I remember walking into the house at like 1.30 in the morning. And I mean, I reeked of just smoke and marijuana. And uh, I walked in and my uncle was like, hope was a good concert because you're grounded for the next three months. I was like, it was the best. It was the best. Now, he wasn't excited that I went, right? So we have this perspective, okay? And, and listen, look, to all the young ones here, okay, did I honor them? No, that was my fault, okay? I'm not saying don't honor your mom and dad, okay? But we have this perspective because of earthly circumstances that we think when we return home, we're gonna find an angry father, right? We're gonna find an angry dad. So from a long distance away, the father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar. He didn't leave as a beggar. He left with fine clothes. He left with lots of money. But now he's dressed as a beggar. And with great compassion swelled up in his heart. This is the father, okay? Great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So remember what we're talking about. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we return home. So when we return home, what do we find when we return home? The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, kissed him over and over. So what are we seeing? Just like we said in the first verse, no wrath. No wrath. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Because Jesus did it on the cross. Do you understand that God took all of his anger, all of his wrath, all of it, and poured it out on Jesus on the cross? So what? So that you would never taste God's wrath. And I know that, like, there's a part of us where, like, that's just too good to be true. Like, like if we're just being really honest, like, we all think that sounds really good, but I don't know if I really believe this. Like, this is just way too good to be true, okay? All right, so what's the next part? Re because of the cross of Jesus, we return, we return to what? Grace. We return to grace. So Luke chapter 23, verse 40 says this. The criminal was hanging on the other cross, and he rebuked the man saying, don't you fear God? So this is Jesus and the two other criminals are on the cross, and one of the criminals is rebuking one of the other ones. He says, don't you fear God? You're about to die. We deserve to be condemned. Isn't this what we all believe? Okay? This is the truth, and this is the lie of the enemy. Okay? We all believe that we deserve, it's this whole thing, we believe like this whole thing like karma, okay? Like we think that somehow because we've made these mistakes and because we've made these wrong decisions and because we said that, because we had that attitude, because I didn't respond this way, I deserve what? Punishment. That's what we believe. We believe we deserve punishment. 
So it says this. We're just being repaid for what we've done. This man, he's looking at Jesus, he says, this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 42. Then he said, I beg you, Jesus, show me grace. There it is. He doesn't understand that he's actually looking at grace, right? Like, he is looking at grace. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. So show me grace and take me into your everlasting kingdom. Jesus responds, I promise you on this very day, you will enter paradise with me. Okay, so let me ask this question. What did this man do to deserve grace? Nothing. Did, did he get his life right before he died? I mean, did he go and clean up his life and clean up all the messes that he created? Did, uh, did he get baptized? Did he get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? Did, um, did he go and find everyone that he had wronged and paid them back and asked for forgiveness? No, he didn't do anything. All he did was look to grace. That's all he did. He just looked to grace. So this word repentance, because of the cross of Jesus, we return home to what? Grace. We return back to grace, okay? So go with me. This is where we're gonna spend our time. Luke, okay? Luke chapter five, okay? Luke chapter five. I'm gonna show you grace. Luke chapter five, verse one. says this, on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to a crowd on the shore of Lake Galilee. A vast multitude of people were pushing close to to Jesus to hear the word of God. Verse two, he noticed two fishing boats on the water's edge, a fisherman nearby, rinsing their nets. Jesus climbs into the boat uh, that belongs to Simon Peter and said to him, okay, let me use your boat push off the shore distance, away from the shore, so that I can speak to the crowd, okay? Point number one today is this. It's power struggle. Power struggle, okay? So let me set the scene, okay? It's been one of those nights for the fishermen. It's been one of those nights that they all dread, okay? They've gone out, they've worked hard, and they have caught nothing, Okay, they're back that next morning. They're hungry, they're fatigued, they're tired, they're sleep deprived, and they have nothing to show for their hard work. Can anybody relate? Okay, there are seasons and moments in our life where we're going, God, I am working so hard. I am, I am so uh, faithful right now. God, we're, you know, we're trying to raise our kids to honor you, and these kids are crazy. I want to sell my children, Lord. You know what I mean? You're like, God, we're, we're praying over them. We're anointing them with oil. I'm kicking them every once in a while, and nothing's changing, right? There are seasons in our lives that we feel like this. They're like, God, I'm working so hard at work. I'm putting in extra time. Nobody sees it. Nobody sees my effort. Nobody sees that, that guy. Um, I don't know. Is there a Billy in here or not? Okay, I don't want to you know, call out Billy. But Billy got that promotion, right? I didn't get that promotion. Billy did. Billy doesn't work as hard as I do. There are these moments in life that we feel like 
man, I am pushing and I am working. And this is Peter. He's back the next morning. He's rinsing his nets. He's frustrated. He's tired, right? This was me the other day. I went and played golf all by myself, okay? I'm that sad of a person sometimes, okay? You know that person you see at lunch sometimes and they're by, your, by themselves and you're like, oh man, that guy's sitting eating lunch by himself? That's me sometimes, okay? This was me on the golf course, okay? I was tired. I was frustrated. I was like, God, why does this have to be so hard? This is my dialogue with the Lord. Lord, why does this have to be so hard? So I'm playing golf, and I'm not playing, like, golf. I'm playing angry golf, okay? I mean, I am angry. I'm frustrated. I'm tearing up the course because I can't, you know, like, when you're tired and you're angry and frustrated, you can't think, right? Like, your brain is just a mess. It's just scrambled. And so I can't play. I'm frustrated. I'm, like, by myself. How many of you have seen the movie Happy Gilmore? I'm, like, yelling at my ball, just go to your home, stupid ball. You know what I mean? And then the worst part of all of this is that there's these, like, high school kids in front of me, and they're, like, slow, and they're laughing, they're having a good time. I'm like, yeah, you have a good time. You enjoy yourself, you know what I mean? You're just, like, bitter and angry and tired in your heart. So this is what the Lord says to me. says to me, you're worried about many things. Why are you worried about all these things? I'm like, why does the Lord sound like Yoda sometimes? You know what I mean? that's That's what I'm thinking in my head. But at the same time, I'm having this moment where I'm like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I mean, think about Peter. Here comes Jesus, and Jesus goes, hey, let me use your boat. I got to imagine that Peter's thinking, really? Do you know the night that I just had? Do you know how tired and frustrated and upset that I am? Like, can't you find a different boat? There's a lot of boats out here. Go find somebody else. Find somebody at a good night, right? And this is how we feel with the Lord. It's a power struggle. There are some days where I want Jesus to come into the boat, Right? There are some days where we're like, yeah, Jesus, come on to my boat. Let's do life together, okay? And then there's some days where we're like, Jesus, you stay in the shore. You stay there. I, I don't, I'm not interested in what you have to say today. It's a power struggle, okay? But what are we talking about today? Because of the cross, we return to what? We return to grace, okay? So the question is this. Do we give Jesus the permission, not just on Sundays, but on the daily, on a Tuesday afternoon, do we give Jesus permission to go, come aboard, come on to my boat. I don't know where you wanna go. I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know what you're gonna have me do. I don't know where we're going to, but come onto the boat. I wanna welcome you on the boat. Verse four, Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
When he was finished, he said to Peter, now row to the deep, cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. Verse five, master, okay? So this is Peter going, I respectfully disagree. Right? He's not blowing Jesus off. He goes, master, okay? And he kind of has that look in his eye, like, are you serious? You know, like, I get it, you're a rabbi. I get it, you're a teacher. But remember who I am. I'm the fisherman, right? <laughs> we ever have this moment with the Lord where the Lord's like, hey, do this with your kids. And you're like, what? I'm the mom. I'm the mom. What do you know about parenting kids, Lord? You know what I mean? Like, I'm with these crazies every day, right? So he says, master, Peter replies. We've come back from fishing all night, and we didn't catch anything. It's a power struggle. Who's in control? Is it Jesus? Is it me? Is it me? Is it Jesus? Can I give you a, a hint on something, okay? This is really important about life. Jesus has something to say about everything in your life. It just depends if you bring him into the conversation. That's the question. He has something to say about everything. If you're frustrated about your career, he has something to say about it. If you're frustrated about your business, he has something to say about it. If you're frustrated about your marriage, he has something to say about it. It wasn't, it, my marriage never became what the Lord wanted it to become until I started asking the right questions to the Lord, right? Because isn't it interesting that when we pray, we're always pointing out the problem to God, right? So when we pray, we're going, God, here's the problem. Like he doesn't know, okay, right? But I do this to him all the time. So I would go, God, the problem is Jess. Blah, 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 right? We all do this, okay? But it wasn't until I came to the place where I said, Lord, what do you have to say about my marriage? Not here's the problem. God, what's your thoughts? What's your perspective about my marriage? And it was interesting. He didn't talk to me about Jess anymore. He talked to me about me all the time, right? So Peter's going, we didn't catch anything. And then he says this, but if you insist, but if you insist, and it's funny, Jesus never insists. He's just giving him an invitation. He says, but he's frustrated. He goes, but if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our net because of your word. Verse six. When they pulled up their net, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish and their net were ready to bust. Okay, point number two is this. I call it the grace effect, okay? The grace effect. Because of the cross of Jesus, we return home to what? Grace. 
Because of the cross of Jesus, we return home to grace, the grace effect, okay? The word grace literally means in the Hebrew, favor, okay? So Jesus is the embodiment of grace. So what is the word telling us? That Jesus is favor, okay? Jesus is favor, okay? Now, the Hebrew meaning of favor means this, to bend down, okay? To bend down. I'm gonna bend down. I'm gonna extend my right arm, right? The right arm of Jesus Christ, the strong arm of the Lord. I'm gonna bend down. I'm gonna extend my arm to do what? To grab you and to help you back up, right? It also means this, to stoop, to come down. This means that Jesus Christ, that is grace. He has favor and he comes down, right? Comes down in his kindness, it says, to another, a superior to an inferior. A superior to an inferior. Okay, let me show you this picture. Anybody ever seen this before? Okay. This is what it means. It means this. God is greater than our highs and lows. Ray, you can come on up. Okay. God is greater than our highs and lows. Okay. So what is Peter doing? Peter welcomes Jesus onto his boat, right? So what is Peter welcoming onto his boat? He's welcoming grace and favor onto his boat, okay? Now I want to show you something, okay? This is so cool, okay? Peter, before Jesus got in his boat, it's really important to see this, before Jesus got in Peter's boat, he had no favor. Right? He had no favor. Okay? He can't do anything right. He can't make it. He can't figure out why. He can't understand how to get ahead. He's broke. He's frustrated. He's angry. And he's going to give up. Does this sound like our lives? God, I can't figure it out. God, I, I don't understand why. God, I, I don't understand how that happened. God, I, I don't understand, you know, what's going on with my career. God, I, I don't understand, uh, you know, how she reacted that way. I can't understand how he would treat me that way. God, I, I can't understand. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And what, when he was rinsing the nets, what is Peter really doing? He's giving up. That's what he's really doing. When the Bible says he's rinsing the nets, he's just going, I give up. So before Jesus ever got into his boat, there's no favor, there's no grace, there's no strength, there's no blessing. And then Peter makes a really important decision. He says, Here's what I need. I need you to get this. 
Peter makes a really great decision when he's tired and frustrated. It's real easy to make great decisions when you're full of peace and joy. It's real easy to make great decisions when you've had a great night of sleep and you had a great week of work, but when you're tired and you're frustrated and you're worn down, it is really hard to make good decisions. But Peter somehow says, okay, you can come onto my boat. Come onto my boat. And when Peter brings Jesus onto his boat, he brings what? Grace. What is grace? Favor. So when Jesus comes on Peter's boat, grace comes on his boat and favor comes on his boat. And all of a sudden, Peter goes from not favored, a mess, to blessed. All of a sudden, Peter has more than he knows what to do with. Now, let me ask some questions. What did Peter do? Because we think this. This is how we react in life when, when things go wrong. We think, I got to get on my grind, right? I got to get on my grind. At least for me, when things aren't going right, when things are, you know, frustrating and tired, I think, you know what, I'm just going to work harder, right? I'm just going to grind this out, you know? I'm just going to make this happen. Or did, or did Peter go and think, oh, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out, you know, when is the most ideal time to fish? And I'm going to find the, the most ideal fishing spots, and I'm going to research, right? Because that's a big thing right now. Instead of looking to Jesus, the answer of all, we start Googling everything, Right? We have a pain in our body and we Google. Have you ever had a pain in your body and you Google something? You're like, I'm dying right now. Like right now is the moment. It's, it's over. You know, Google will tell you 50 things that are wrong with you, right? Like, I'm going to research. Or how about this? Did Peter go and make an alliance with somebody he shouldn't? It's amazing how like, in the moments you're the most frustrated or you're tired, how like out of nowhere, somebody will come be like, hey, let's partner together. Hey, let's do business together. Hey, why don't you quit your job and come work for me? And it's just the wrong thing at the wrong time, but you're tired and you're frustrated, right? What did, what did Peter do? He did nothing. He did nothing except one thing. He let Jesus in his boat. And when he let Jesus in his boat, he let grace into his boat. And then he let favor into his boat. I want to ask you this. Are you ready to give up the power struggle? Are you ready to give up the power struggle? I know that life is so much easier when I just ask him, what do you want to do? 
What do you want to do? But here's what's interesting about God. He won't push it on you. He'll never push it on you. Why? Because remember that word repentance, teshuva? It means this. Because of the cross, I return. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, I recognize all that Jesus for me did for me. I'm so thankful for his goodness. I'm so thankful that he took the wrath of God. I'm so thankful that he takes my sin. I'm so thankful that he just eradicates my failures. Because of the cross of Jesus, I choose to return home. Return to what? Return to grace. And then in the grace, in the grace, in the grace, in the grace. See, when the son came home, you know what he was showing his father? I surrender. I surrender. I give up. I thought I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I thought, I thought. When he came home dressed in the beggar's clothes, he's coming home going, I surrender. So when we return home and go, I surrender, Lord. I don't get life. I don't get why people get mad at me. I don't get why people turn their backs on me. I don't get this, God. I don't get why this is good one month and it's not good the next month. I don't get, God, why pipes break. Right? You're going, I surrender. I I don't get it. And then you just go, I'm returning to grace. I need your grace. I need your favor. I need your wisdom. I need your thoughts. I need your heavenly perspective. You know what I love about God? He poured all the wrath on Jesus. So when you come home, he's not frustrated at you. He's not upset at you. He's not disappointed in you. He's going, yep, I understand it. I get it. He goes, I never called you to do this on your own. I called you. Listen, all the moms in here, all the moms, all the moms, God knows your kids. He knows your children. He knows how they're wired. He knows their, their, in, you know, their introspective thoughts. God knows them perfectly. Just ask the Lord about them. Just ask the Lord about them. I know sometimes you think like, uh, I mean, I've spanked this child a thousand times. Like, like, what do I do? God knows. To, to all the men in here, God knows. God knows how to take care of those, those bills. God knows how to take care of your career. God knows how to take care of your future. God knows. God knows. Because of the cross, we return home to grace. Why don't you stand up? Worship team calling up here. Can I say this? I believe that for believers, there's a lot of believers in the house right now, okay? 
I believe for believers that our relationship with the Lord can get dry and stale sometimes because we stop believing him for greater things. Did you get that? Because we make our relationship with God really mundane. We just stop believing for greater things because because we don't understand how God could do the impossible, right? Like our, our mind can't fathom like how God could do something, like how could God, you know, take me out of this company so I could start my own company? And so we just, we kind of just make God really average. You know why? Because we're like, I don't want to be disappointed. And, and so I'm just going to kind of just keep things the, the quota, just the average quota. That's not a life with God. The life with Jesus is supposed to be an adventure, okay? It's supposed to be an adventure of seeing him take us from glory to glory to glory. The life of Jesus is meant to show us just how much he loves us. Listen, why did he do this for Peter? Because he wanted Peter to know how crazy in love he was for him. But when we make God small and we put God in boxes and we put human limits on God, our relationship with God gets really stale really quick. When we stop believing God for miracles in our life, when we stop believing that God wants to make us the head and not the tail, when we stop believing for people that live on our street, when we stop believing that God could heal, when we stop believing that God could do the impossible. See, what is this whole message about? The whole message is because of the cross of Jesus. He said it's finished on the cross. He put an end to it all because of the cross of Jesus. Because of that, I return to him and I return to his grace. I return to a place of favor, unmerited favor and blessing. Because, not because of me and what I can do, because of what Jesus has already done.